Hi, it's In Your Head with Lee Richardson, and I have got such an exciting guest today. It's Alex Keon, and he's a co-founder for Young Leaders for Change, and that's a nonprofit dedicated to providing young people with opportunities to develop themselves professionally and professionally. In times of uncertainty, which we're certainly going through, it's hard to know how you can give back. And it's even hard to think about how you can give back to the community. And Alex, he's a graduate of Cornell University, and he's been naturally drawn to servant leadership. And he's passionate about helping young people find ways to use their passions and their skills to impact their community in positive, rewarding ways. And he's been involved in a number of things. Uh, In the summer of 2019, he led an initiative called 30 Days of Service, and it's just like it sounds. Over the course of 30 days, he and other college students completed 30 different service projects to inspire other young people to give back to their communities. He's been involved in a number of different things. He's overseen and advised the development of multiple proposals, projects, businesses, and programs for different Fortune 500 companies. So I'm so happy to have him on my show today and really to share and give some insight that not only young people, but all of us could could grow from. So, Alex, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for the invitation, Lee. I'm very excited to be on your show. So tell me, did you see behavior modeled as a child, or is it just something that you're naturally inclined to the servant leadership? Well, I'd say that, you know, I'm very fortunate to have uh, two parents that have always uh, strived to be models of uh, personal excellence. You know, they always, um, they're both immigrants, and they both uh, had very uh, poor upbringings in this country. And so from them, I always learned uh, how to be a hard worker and just always be focused on the goals ahead of you. Uh, but I would say specifically with servant leadership, I really learned that from um, a mentor uh, who I had the privilege of meeting the summer after my um, senior year in high school. And um, it, they just were the model of servant leadership. You know, they started a nonprofit when they were 12 years old um, and have been heavily involved in the space ever since. And from them, I really learned the impact that serving others can have on your life. And most importantly, I think it taught me that service is not something that has to be monumental. It's really just about how you conduct yourself on a day-to-day basis. You know, being a good servant leader is someone who is just kind to the people they see on the street, uh, and they do their uh, part to make the community better every single way they can. So. I think you make a really good point there, because sometimes when we think about social impact, we think, oh, we have to do something grand or something on a huge scale. And it's the simplest things that we can do that do have social impact and do give back to the community. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, You know, the, the kind of motto behind 30 Days of Service was really that. You know, we, we did 30 different service projects, and some of them were a little bit of a larger lift than others, but some of them were even as simple as just, you know, writing a letter of appreciation to someone who um, you really uh, are grateful for in your life. And, you know, that I think that wouldn't necessarily fall under most people's normal definition of community service, but you can't really 
um, under, you can't really overlook the impact that just being nice to someone has. You know, um, if most of us think about the last time we said a genuine thank you to someone or just went out of our way to show our appreciation, you know, it, you have to think about the small things you can do to just uplift the whole community around you. Well, and I think that's what's so important in leadership is to think about, I mean, it's nice to have big goals. I certainly have them, but you need to have daily, you need to break it down into smaller pieces and have things, think of every, there's something every day that I can do for somebody if I think about it. Absolutely. And that is absolutely how people, I think, should be looking at service. You know, it's just how what is one small thing I can do today to make someone else happy? Because you making that person happy will genuinely motivate them to make someone else happy nine times out of ten. And, you know, in in doing that and living by that model, you will find that service really is contagious, you know, and, that, and that's really what I would encourage young people everywhere to live by. Well, tell me a little bit more about Young Leaders for Change, because you co-founded that. And were those your goals, just to give young people something, you know, a resource? Or tell me more. That was definitely part of that. So, you know, after our 30 Days of Service experience, I really wanted to continue finding ways to serve the community. And so I co-founded Young Leaders for Change with uh, Greg Weatherford. And it was really with this idea of creating a nonprofit that specifically catered to giving young people different opportunities to not just serve their community, but also become leaders in their own right. And we wanted to not just focus on, you know, being a community leader or being a business leader, whatever the case may be. We wanted to encourage young people to be leaders in their personal lives, in their communities, um, within their careers, uh, within their homes and everywhere else. And so that's really what drove it. So with that in mind, you know, our focus is mainly providing experiential programs uh, to help young people learn what leadership really means and how they can implement that in their daily lives. Can you give me an example of what one of those programs would be? Absolutely. So uh, one of the programs that we do is a leadership camp uh, for middle school age students. And typically what we like to do is partner with a local company um, to sponsor one of these camps. And in collaboration with some of their uh, leadership, we will go to uh, lower income communities and just hold a three to four hour camp where we go over what we think leadership means to us. Uh, what are the skills that go into being a good leader and how you can actually live by that on a daily basis. And uh, to, to me, I think that's a, a really great program because unfortunately, you know, this isn't something that every student gets a chance to even learn about. You know, we go in there and talk about soft skills. And for some of them, that's the first time they've heard about soft skills. And that's something that can really make the difference in terms of standing out. Um, as a young person, especially. So, you know, it, it's it's programs like that that give us the opportunity to feed into the next generation and just open their eyes to what it's like to be a leader and what they can do to actually be one. Well, what a perfect age group to reach out to, because that is a time where we're, we're lost, we're developing, we're going through puberty. There's so many things going on. And I mean, I think that's just a great age group to reach out to, because that's when it starts. You know, they, there's a, a fact I read about 
kids in elementary school, and it was if they are if they haven't learned how to read by the time they're in the third grade, the statistics on them dropping out were incredibly higher. And so I think reaching out when they're young is so important. Right, especially nowadays, you know, especially with social media and everything else that young people are exposed to, you know, it, it's pretty easy to feel like you're being pulled in a million different directions. You know, you have so many people telling you um, what you should be. You're looking up to different role models that are, you know, often disparate from each other and sometimes are not the best examples. And it can be easy to feel like you don't know what you should be doing or like you've lost your way. And so, if, in my experience, it's just always been really rewarding when we can just show people the different options and opportunities that can be available to them uh, and just giving them that knowledge because without even having that knowledge, you can't really count on people to try to make a difference if they've never even been told that they can do that. So it's all about empowering people with knowledge. Well, it sounds like, you know, I know you have another initiative, Let's Thrive Now. And it sounds like that that's kind of what motivated you to start Let's Thrive Now. Right, yeah. So Let's Thrive Now is a uh, campaign that Young Leaders for Change started uh, that was that is centered around the coronavirus pandemic. And really, it kind of got started because, you know, I'm a recent college graduate and I saw or I heard from so many of my friends that were still in college uh, that they were just totally blindsided by this pandemic. And I know that that was the experience of young people across the country, um, everyone across the country, but young people, you know, especially hit or hit hard by this pandemic. And I just went to my co-founder, Greg, and said, you know, I really want to find a way to help young people uh, navigate through all this and all the challenges that they're about to face. And so he suggested we create a website that just pulls together the best resources, information, and expert tips uh, for young people specifically, you know, because when you went to go find, like, how can I deal with the coronavirus or, you know, if I just lost my job, like, what do I do? Um, you would find a lot of resources and a lot of articles, but it was kind of hard to sift through what is really applicable to a young person of today, you know, because I, I think every generation faces their own unique challenges. And I think that's true of our generation. So we just wanted to provide one convenient place where young people could go and uh, they could trust that the information they would find on there uh, would be applicable to them and the challenges that they were going to be facing. We know there's so many different directions that you could go in. I think for me, the hard part would have been deciding what the content areas, where do I want to put my focus? Yeah, that was definitely um, a big conversation we had at the start of it. And really, it just came down to thinking about how the coronavirus would directly affect people's lives. And from there, what are the indirect effects that would have? So, you know, of course, we started thinking about like the coronavirus is a threat to all of our public health. So we need to have resources about, you know, staying um, healthy, you know, and then we thought, well, that is related to, of course, health insurance. And that is related to financial wellness because you need to be able to afford health insurance. You know, there's kids that now are going to have to be um, taking college classes at home. And that's a challenge for many of them. And that's a new experience. So we really just thought about all the different areas that would be, 
affected by this new normal we found ourselves in. And we just wanted to provide as many different um, resources we could in all of those different areas. Well, how do people find the Let's Thrive now? I mean, is there any type of program you're doing to promote it, partnering in the community? So we've uh, been to um, you know have a lot of um, people, people that we've worked with to spread this out to the community. Um, for one, we are on Instagram predominantly, um, and from there, that's you know our main way of promoting it directly. But we've also um, worked with a number of different experts um, in their fields to produce videos uh, on specialized topics that could really help young people. And they've all been very uh, generous in sharing that with their own audiences and getting the word out from there. Um, And similarly, we've also been speaking with a number of different uh, people just doing wonderful things uh, to help the community out right now. Um, for example, we spoke with um, Shane Buccelli and uh, Paige Vasquez. Um, Shane is the quarterback of the SMU football team. Um, and together with Paige, they started a GoFundMe to raise money for the Dallas Emergency Relief Fund. And we just spoke with them to share their story with our audience. Um, and so it was really great to just connect with other people doing wonderful things in the community. We know there are a lot, a lot of wonderful things being done in Dallas, and it's sometimes it's hard to keep our eye on the positive. You know, we're easier to focus on the negative. And we'll, I may hear three things on the news, and one may be just fabulous, and then two are bad. And you know what I remember? The two bad. So I think anything, keeping your eye on the positive and and paying attention to the positive, because unfortunately, we're human and we're biased and we we tend to pay more attention to the negative. Right. That is definitely something that can happen to all of us. You know, I think that contributes to some media fatigue that people may feel. Um, you know, of course, talking about some of those harder stories and um, the harder happenings that are going on is important for all of us staying informed. But you, it's definitely a personal responsibility that I would encourage everyone to take on to make sure you balance what you are consuming because it definitely can affect your mood. Um, so, you know, definitely do what you can to stay informed, but make sure you are also, like you said, uh, take a look at some of the positive things going on because that is what can really encourage you and inspire you to just stay focused on yourself and even do something about all the bad things you're hearing. Well, it, it, on top of the COVID-19, we've had some very unfortunate, some very sad events across the United States. And certainly, I think those have touched young people in a very big way. And I think that having a resource to turn to and having a, a someone that you trust, okay, I know I can go to this website and I can trust what I see, really is impactful. Thank you, Leah. I appreciate that. And that's definitely what we strove for, um, of just having a a simplified, simple, free place where people could go to get help um, and learn how to navigate through this situation uh, that we all found ourselves in and still find ourselves in as we're dealing with the effects of this pandemic. So how do you hope Let's Thrive Now can help people the most during this time? You know, uh, to us, success would just look like helping 
one young person feel like they know what they should be doing in order to not just stay afloat during this time, but thrive during it as well. Um, and that, that's really what we wanted young people to take away from this. You know, we know that people are confused. Uh, we know that there's challenges that we are facing that we never thought about facing. You know, there were so many unprecedented things that happened from sports seasons being canceled to, you know, companies across the country suddenly working from home that we just wanted to help young people feel like they didn't have to be overwhelmed by everything that was going on. And we wanted them to feel confident that they knew what they needed to be doing uh, to get through this and to um, just continue on with their plans and stay focused and not get um, their ambitions and goals derailed. So what you're looking for is individual success. It's not a, a group success. It's more just help each individual be successful? Absolutely. Uh, but we do want um, the group as a whole to you know, benefit from that. I think now is such an important time for all of us to be leaning on each other um, and getting support wherever we can. Um, and that could look like you know, getting help from your immediate family or your friends or your whatever else um, is a part of your support network. Uh, or it could come from a website. So we just wanted to make sure that young people as a whole and individually were in a position to do better um, and to continue staying afloat and thriving during this situation. Well, I think that in today's world, we're all looking, we need three things. We need something to do, we need something to love, and we need something to look forward to. And I think that just putting a resource out there that gives us something to look forward to, knowing that, okay, I can go check that out here, and that'll help me make a good decision. I think that in itself is setting people up for success. Right, I agree. And those are definitely sort of the three foundational pieces of, I think, living a good life. Um, and that's something we definitely wanted to make sure that we were helping people do. Um, and that, and that's why not all of our resources were simply focused on coronavirus um, or, you know, how to stay healthy. We wanted to offer practical money advice or career advice that, you know, although it was partially shaped in response to the limitations the pandemic put on all of us, it would have effects beyond the pandemic. And so, you know, when you go to the website and watch a video by, you know, recruiter and podcast host Julian Placino talking about how you can advance your career, um, we wanted that advice that he gave to help you make progress in your professional life um, that would carry you even beyond the pandemic and still keep you moving forward. Well, unfortunately, we're always going to go through times of uncertainty. I don't wish that on us, but it's going to be and I think that putting information out there that's solid and it's evergreen is very important yes I, I couldn't agree with you more and that that is one thing that I think um, I, I hope that the website will do is continue to be a resource for young people um, because like I said although some of the articles and information that we've offered um, is written specifically in response to the pandemic the advice that's given is uh, more often than not still relevant um, to your life, even not living in quarantine. And so we do hope that it can continue to be a resource for young people just wanting to 
find how they could make progress in their financial health or their physical health or mental health, whatever the case may be. I'm so happy to hear you recognize the importance of mental health because we all are focused on our physical health. And we, you know, we can tell you, oh, I got to go to the gym, you know, I got to work out. I know my cholesterol is too high, but we're not also focused on have you had a good day? Are you happy? Are you laughing during the day? How's your mental health? Because honestly, and you know, Alex, I wrote the book, Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On. And I wrote that because people need to know it is okay to not be okay. Yeah, that is certainly true. Um, And that is, you know, I I think something my generation has done um, a, a fairly good job of is making it a little bit more normal to talk about how you're feeling. Um, and like you said, it's okay to not be okay. I, I think we've seen recently such um, a increased prevalence of different resources uh, to specifically talk about mental health and to help people work through those very complicated issues. Um, because like you said, it's something that is really important to all of us and is just as important, if not even more important, than how we treat our physical bodies. Well, you know, and coming coming at it from the brain perspective, which I'm always inclined to do, there's two of the things that have happened and that will continue to happen that create dysregulation in the brain. And one is emotional trauma. And when you go through something like COVID-19, that, that you do experience emotional trauma. What's normal? I can't go to church. I can't go to the gym. And the second is stress. And I don't know anybody that hasn't been stressed out in the last four months. And anytime you get stressed out, those adrenal glands start kicking out all that cortisol. Well, that cortisol gets into the gray matter, the white matter of the brain. That impacts the way you process information. It impacts the way you make decisions. So when that happens, when that emotional dysregulation creates brain dysfunction, those frontal lobes tend to just shut down. And frontal lobes aren't fully developed until your mid to late 20s. So that makes that the young leaders, it kind of, they're vulnerable anyway, because their brain's not fully developed. And when you go through something that that we've experienced with COVID-19 or anything that's traumatic on an emotional level and produces stress, It's going to make people think differently. And if you don't have a a good place to turn that you trust, you may be making decisions that are more impulsive, that are more emotional, and that are more reactive. And I think that's what Let's Thrive Now, because I've looked at the website and I think that's what I felt is, okay, if I weren't quite sure how to... You know, I was going to go spend all this money, and I don't, I don't know about my new job, and but I do really want that new car. So if I can go read an article about how I should look at my money or manage my money, and I trust where I'm reading it, that's very impactful. Right. Like I mentioned, you know, we wanted to make sure that young people didn't feel overwhelmed by all this because, you know, you're absolutely right. It's easy to not make the best decisions for yourself when you feel stressed because it's almost like um, it's almost like entering a little bit of a survival mode. You know, when you're stressed, you just want to try and manage that as best you can. And it's not always with the best of methods. And so 
you know, we wanted to make sure that we did create this website with the intention of making sure that we broke complicated topics down into as simple and digestible of a form as possible so that you could just easily understand it and feel like you have a grasp on everything that's going on. Because I think that's a big contributor to stress oftentimes. It's just feeling like things are slipping away from you or um, like it's beyond your comprehension when really it doesn't have to be that way. And so that's why we wanted to make sure that the resources help young people felt feel empowered um, to still take control of their lives and do what's best for them. Well, you make an excellent point, and that is when we feel like we have no control, it does impact the way that we make decisions. And when we come back, I'd really like to learn a little bit more about what the response from the community to what you're doing has been, because it just can touch so many different groups on a socioeconomic level and so many different ages. It, I just see it could reach out and be impactful in so many different ways. And it just makes me wonder, you know, how has the community responded to that? So we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll learn a little bit more about that. And I know it's all been positive. emergency room nurse will tell you they receive some weird and wild calls. I used to be the night ER nurse at Hennepin County General Hospital in Minneapolis and remember getting a call from someone who was worried about if it mattered or not if their belly button was an innie or an outie. It doesn't matter, but if you're an outie, you are definitely the minority. Still, that's good news because you don't have to worry about a little problem that people with innies have. Pledge it. That's another word for belly button lint. Researchers say the color of the pledget in your belly button is related to the clothing you wear, just like the lint that collects in your clothes dryer. A friend of mine from the Philippines says they call it a chikachu. What do you call a person who's obsessed with their belly button? An omphalopsikite. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to the Mayo Clinic, chronic stress can lead to a variety of health and emotional problems, and yoga is a wonderful stress reducer. The core elements of Hatha Yoga are the poses and breathing. The poses, or postures, are a series of movements designed to increase flexibility and strength. The breathing is controlled, and the breath signifies your vital energy. They report that yoga can increase your fitness, reduce your stress, help you manage chronic health conditions, and even help with weight loss. Yoga can aid you in making healthy lifestyle changes necessary to gain control of your eating and drop those excess pounds. If you have ever wanted to try yoga, September is the perfect time because September is National Yoga Month. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
It's In Your Head with Lee Richardson, and I've got my guest, Alex Keon, and we're just having the best conversation talking about young leaders for change and what they're doing and a resource that they're providing, Let's Thrive Now. And we've touched on a little bit the impact of the COVID-19, and I think that was inspiring to to some degree, Alex. That was inspiring to help you um, interview and find stories that would inspire other young leaders. And I think what I've seen on the website, you guys have done a a great job. And then we've come back and in times of uncertainty with the COVID, we're just starting to figure out, okay, what's normal going to be when I come out of this? And how am I going to move forward? And then we've had a some real tragedy and some real sadness across the United States. And that sadness and that tragedy relates to the fact that I think that there still is some level of racial discrimination. And I think as hard as we all try to make that go away, that there's there's some problems with our systems that need to be addressed. Do you feel like that what's going on across the United States with the racial discrimination will impact young leaders for change? I don't see how it can't. You know, I, I cannot agree more that that is something that we really need to tackle head on. You know, it, it's interesting to see how, you know, as things appear to be returning to normal, uh, we have all collectively decided to once again start challenging what is a part of our normal because you're absolutely right in that some of the racial discrimination that we continue to see today has unfortunately been normalized in some aspects of our country and those are aspects that we really need to tackle and address head-on and it seems like a lot of that responsibility is going to fall on my generation and the generations that are coming after us as well And so I I definitely see a place where we want to uh, help out um, and help address these problems. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're all about creating leaders in um, every part of our lives. And on a personal level, that means we are wanting to give as many opportunities to as many different uh, people with different backgrounds as possible. And we want to encourage them all to be open-minded in terms of how they approach um, speaking to other members of the community or working with other people and things of that nature. Uh, But we do want to create political leaders as well and people that feel inspired and motivated to help better their community through long-lasting change, whether that is at the grassroots level or, you know, on a more legislative level. So. You know, with all that being said, I, I definitely want to make sure that what we do um, can help make some progress in this very important area. Well, over the, the time that you've been in existence, you've made contributions. How has the response been from the community? You know, we've been very blessed to uh, have some great responses from the community. Um, you know, starting with the 30 Days of Service project, we uh, heard so much feedback from uh, families, uh, from the companies that we worked with, the people that we served directly and worked alongside with as well. And they, many times we would often just hear how encouraged someone felt to 
then go um, help someone out in their own lives or just do something kind for someone just because they saw us doing the same thing. And even now with the Let's Thrive Now initiative, uh, we've really seen some uh, very encouraging responses and people wanting to uh, help out in whatever way they can. And whether that was just sharing a resource that they found or, you know, doing some direct mentoring to young people, um, we've we've seen some really, truly wonderful responses. Well, you, you mentioned mentoring, and I think that is so key. And I think that is such a personal way for personal development to happen. Do you have a, a process in place for mentoring? Can, if someone felt that they had a, a brother or a partner that needed some mentoring, could they reach out for that? They absolutely could, and uh, we're more than happy to help people however we can. Um, and for college for college students and uh, young adults particularly, we're actually uh, just starting this uh, board of young people ages you know about 18 to 30 um, that we are wanting to bring together to create this network of like-minded people who care about bettering themselves personally and professionally and want to um, just find new ways to grow. And so we're really excited about that group because we're going to start meeting virtually um, and we're going to bring in different speakers to talk about a wide array of topics, uh, all for the purpose of just networking with people and bettering ourselves. And so that's a specific opportunity we have. But even if you fall outside of that age bracket, you know, we encourage people to reach out. We're more than happy to um, help however we can. So when I I say mentor, what does that mean to you? To me, I think that is uh, mainly just having someone who has been through a journey of their own and they can help you avoid making some of the mistakes that they made. To me, that's the best value that a mentor can provide um, because a mentor is there for you to learn from. And part of that is just seeing what they're skilled in and seeing what they have knowledge about. But a lot of it is just hearing about their experiences and what they went through and learning how you can take those experiences and apply them to your own journey and do an even uh, better job, so to speak, you know, with their guidance. Well, you mentioned in the beginning, you mentioned someone that had mentored you and how that had inspired you. Yeah, personally speaking, mentoring has uh, really transformed my life in uh, so many different ways that I can't even think about anymore. Um, You know, this this person is the co-founder of this nonprofit, um, but you know, just in general, they taught me so much about um, being a servant leader, about being a better uh, business person and a better student and just a better person overall. And I've been really fortunate to have a great mentor uh, situation. Well, you know, when I think about mentoring, I see it as a two-way street. And I think that as much as you give, typically you'll give back too. That is a really great point. Um, There is definitely so much that mentors learn personally just from um, helping other people. And, you know, there's a lot they learn about themselves, but also they um, learn just in general. So uh, it is something that I would encourage anyone who is in the position to 
to absolutely mentor others and give back. Um, because I, I think I don't I don't know if there's a successful person out there that got to their position without at least some help from others and mentors specifically. I think every successful person would be the first to agree with you that there was someone that challenged them or inspired them or motivated them to do something that was a little out of their reach. And I think that that's kind of what the Let's Thrive Now is going to be able to do for a lot of people. What do you see in the future for Let's Thrive Now? Well, first and foremost, we will continue to provide different resources and articles um, as long as we still find ourselves in this unprecedented situation. But, you know, as soon as things return to normal and we are truly out of this storm, so to speak, uh, we want Let's Thrive Now to continue being a place where young people can go to find different guides and articles and information for uh, bettering themselves, and whether that's just someone wanting to get guidance in a particular area, such as financial wellness, or someone who is wanting to completely um, turn things around in a number of different areas, uh, well, we want to make sure that we can provide resources for anyone wanting to better themselves. Well, I know you're a nonprofit organization, and but it does take money to build and to run Let's Thrive Now. How can people support Let's Thrive Now or Young Leaders for Change? Well, they can uh, go first to our website, letsthrivenow.org, and just visiting our website and sharing anything that you find useful with people that you think could really use it um, is a great way to support us because, as I mentioned, our primary focus is um, making sure that people know this resource exists and that they are benefiting from it. So that's a great way to support us. But even, even beyond that, if you want to support Young Leaders for Change in general, um, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you know, One thing I mentioned earlier is we love to work with um, companies um, because we think there's a lot of good that can be done for communities uh, when socially responsible companies partner with nonprofits. And we've had the great privilege of working with some great companies. Um, but even if you're just an individual, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, we, we would not be able to do the work we do uh, without the great support uh, and encouragement from many members of the community. Well, can you share an example or a story of how someone on a corporate level or, or even a small business has been able to support what you're doing? Absolutely. So my two favorites that I always like to point to are um, this company called Alchemy Technology and uh, JetSuite. And both of them are in the Dallas area, and they were sponsors of our original 30 Days of Service initiative. And we had the phenomenal privilege of working with both of them because they are both very community-minded companies, and giving back is really at the core of uh, both of their businesses. And over the course of the summer, we collaborated directly on a number of different projects, uh, one of which included bringing out interns from both of these companies to volunteer with Minnie's Food Pantry, which is another phenomenal nonprofit uh, in the Plano area. And over the course of several hours, we worked alongside them and we made some uh, great um, impacts on um, the local community just working together. 
uh, to bring about some change. So do you have history with them? I think that goes back to 2019, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. So is that 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 tells me that you're looking to develop relationships and use utilize those relationships to help moving you forward. Right. Like I mentioned, you know, we're so excited um, whenever we have the chance to work with a company um, or individuals that are really passionate about investing in the community and investing in young people in particular. And those two companies are great examples of that um, all around, not just in how they serve the community. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something we always strive to do is we love to have very personal relationships with everyone that we work with, whether that's a company an individual or even the other nonprofit organizations we work with. Have you partnered with anybody in the world of academia? You know, we've done uh, some work uh, with some organizations that are part of uh, Southern Methodist University. Um, and that, that's been the main um, group that we have partnered with in the past. Are you looking for new groups to partner with? Absolutely. We're always looking to work with um, different groups and um, see how we could uh, be involved and support however we can. Uh, so we would definitely encourage um, anyone to reach out, and uh, we're always happy to have a conversation. Well, you seem very open and very flexible, and I think that's, I think that's refreshing because too many times we get our our mission statement down, and we don't we don't want to step left or step right off of that statement. And I, what I hear from you is you're very open, you're you're looking, you're exploring. Well, that's a, that is something that is core to I think our nonprofit's mission is the idea that. Um, young people can make a difference anywhere, um, and they can make a difference doing almost anything. And so that's why we all uh, we are always eager to look for new ways to support young people, new groups that we can work with, because we don't believe that there's just a couple of areas that we can assist with. Um, so we're always open to new ways to collaborate with the community um, as long as it helps us reach young people and give them opportunities to develop themselves, uh, to work on what they're passionate about, and to give back to their own communities. So when you say young people, you mentioned an initiative earlier on that that was dealing with middle school kids. So it's not just the young 20s. Right. Yes. Uh, we like to work with uh, really young people of all ages, um, because as you mentioned yourself earlier, um, you know, getting to young people when they are, you know, just developing in the elementary school and middle school phases can have such an impact on how they approach life, um, you know, from there forward. So we do believe in looking at all the age groups and finding ways that we could um, support um, young people of all ages, however we can. Is there an age group that you have found it more difficult to support? We have, uh, to this point, not done a whole lot of work with uh, elementary schoolers, just because, you know, that is such a young age um, to uh, give instruction to, uh, particularly with the, the programs that we have so far. Um, but we are wanting to serve that group as well and we are always open to ideas and we've always been thinking about how we can make a difference with that age group as well 
Um, so most of our work predominantly is with um, middle school and up, uh, but that is not to say that we are um, not interested in the other young people. Well, you know, I think that's an extremely hard group because at that at that age, you're interfacing as much with the parents as you are w- with the young child, and communicating with a parent is very different than the way I. When I'm talking to mom, I communicate very different than when I'm talking to the the six year old little girl. Um, so I think that 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 complicates it because when you think about you know going back to the the development of the brain, at they're just beginning to be able to grasp abstract, you know, and and to get to be six years old, it's yes or no, and then when you get to be six, you're starting to understand well well maybe. So I I agree. I think that would be a hard group to target on such a abstract level. Right. And you're correct in that there is those set of challenges that come with it. But, um, you know, we are, again, looking for ways that we can work with them because, um, you know, we do believe in teaching people the importance of uh, servant leadership from as young of an age as possible. Um, Other topics as well. But that one in particular, we think is very impactful to be shown from a young age the um, impact that your kindness and your service can have on the people around you and the broader community as a whole. You know, and we, we, we have, I have seen what that looks like to in the various young people that have worked with us uh, and seen the passion they have for helping others. And they've all shared that it is something that they have just seen from uh, such a young age. And so we want to continue um, investing in young people to um, grow that passion. Well, I think that's so important because one of the problems that I've seen in my client base is I am amazed at how many people, young children, have been bullied, and even in elementary school, and not having or middle school, but not having a behavior model, you know, to, to see, oh, that's not the way that you treat people. That's not the way you talk to people. And sometimes we don't always have it. It's not always right in front of us, or sometimes it is, and we just don't see it. But I, I think at that young age, providing a good behavioral model could make a drastic difference. Right. I couldn't agree more. You know, I I think there is so much um, learning by example that happens at that age in particular um, that it is really important to get in there um, as young as possible and give those positive examples um, and just show what kind of person you can be. I think that you mentioned earlier, I think it is your generation that's going to create the change and that's going to help us move forward. Do you find a lot of young people wanting to participate that want to get involved on a give back level? Absolutely. That's not, you know, of all the challenges that we have faced with starting a nonprofit from scratch um, and finding programs that really can reach people the way that um, we feel can have the most impact. Finding young people that want to help has not been a challenge we've often had, you know, which is really encouraging. You know, that makes us feel so hopeful for the work we're doing and more importantly for the communities uh, that we all live in because there are young people out there that want to give and they want to make a difference. And more often than not, the barrier is not 
a desire to help. It's knowing how to help, you know, because sometimes there is the notion that you do have to take on a big effort in order to make your time serving worthwhile. And, you know, that that's just simply not true. And so, you know, it's part of the work we do is, again, to show an example of what you can do to make a difference. And we always want people to know that as long as you are living every life with intentionality, uh, excuse me, every day of your life with intentionality and trying to find even the littlest ways you can make someone smile or help someone, you are being a community servant. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in doing this? You know, part of it is just finding um, the best vehicles for getting across your lessons and your messages. Um, because, you know, there's so many different ways that people respond to um, learning something new. You know, there's different ways that people learn. And so uh, just finding the best way to deliver some of um, the tenants we see as important for young people wanting to be leaders uh, has been the biggest challenge. But, you know, it's it's also been one of the most fun challenges as well, because it's all about figuring out how you can best communicate with people. And that is something that, you know, makes us better. It makes the people we're serving better. And um, that's useful information that we can then pass on to. Communication is so basic, but it can be so complex at the same time. That is very true. Um, And that is definitely something that I've learned um, a lot (laughs) recently. (laughs) Um, So, you know, getting your message across is uh, an art form. And I really admire people that are very skilled at it. Um, And it's, you know, ultimately, I think a lot of it comes down to empathy and being able to really empathize with the people you're speaking with, understand where they're coming from and the lens that they may be viewing a topic or a conversation from, and uh, just finding the best way to reach them. Well, when you say the lens, immediately I thought of, what about cultural diversities? Absolutely. That is something that um, I think can be surprising to a lot of young um, people in general is to learn that the cultures we grew up in really can affect our understanding of things, um, not in terms of being able to comprehend it, but in terms of just how we approach a topic. And that's definitely something we encourage young people to be more sensitive to, is really trying to understand the background of the people that they're speaking to and how that may um, affect the way they approach a conversation. And I think that sometimes we all, you know, we're all Texans here and we think we're all the same and we're not. We're, we're not at all. I think that you're, you mentioned your parents were immigrants and that had to have some impact on your life growing up. Yeah, it definitely did. And, you know, like you mentioned or you alluded to, you know, Texas is a very diverse state and you will find a lot of different um, people from different, you know, ethnic backgrounds, religious backgrounds, economic backgrounds, everything you can think of. And so, you know, we, we are very fortunate to live in a place where there is such a um, melding of different stories and experiences. And, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to see a lot of that, um, both in my time here and at college. 
Well, we're very fortunate to have Young Leaders for Change in Dallas. And if people want to learn more about Let's Thrive Now or Young Leaders for Change, how can they do that? I would encourage people to uh, go to letsthrivenow.org. That is our website uh, where you can find the Let's Thrive Now initiative directly. Uh, But you can also find contact information for myself uh, to learn more about Young Leaders for Change. And we also uh, have a website, uh, youngleadersforchange.org. That's the number four, uh, where you can learn more about our nonprofit directly. And um, you'll see us become a lot more active on that um, domain as well once um, things kind of return more to normal. So on the websites, do they shoot you an email or is there a phone number they can call? How do they, once they get there, what do they do? Yep, uh, they can find my email address on both of those domains, uh, and they can reach out to me directly. Um, And always, like I mentioned, happy to have a conversation, whether that's wanting to learn more about our nonprofit or um, wanting to talk about a community issue or talking about a challenge you're facing. We're always happy to speak. Well, I thank you so much, Alex, for being on the show with me today and helping me to understand what's going on with the Young Leaders for Change. And I, I really feel that you're so open and you're, you're passionate about what you do. And it's what the passion is what will help you move it forward. And I hope that I know that you're getting out of it what you want and that you just want to give back as much as you're getting. So. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you.